Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, February 16th, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me in studio is the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Taylor Markerman. How's it going, man? I'm becoming less mythical one day at a time, one show at a time. Do you think it's because more people are believing in you, or how I does that work? I think we're getting more listeners. I don't know. And you become yeah. less mythical. Got yeah. it. Um, so we actually have a confession to all of our listeners. We are, in fact, not recording this on Thursday, February 16th. We're recording it uh, six days early. So it's a pre-record. So if the world blows up, yeah, or if anything what, what, major what were you happened, thinking? I don't know. Like, I don't know. If anything major happened, oil spill. Oil, oil goes up 50%. Something. Yeah. Exxon goes bankrupt. Who knows? If... If something like that happened, I'd actually probably just <laughs> would phone in and redo I would, it. I would actually, yeah, fair anyway. enough. Um, That's dedication. Yeah, no, I just—it's a big deal. Yeah. Like, I care about our listeners. people's money, and I care about you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so today we are talking about a doozy of an energy outlook report, 104 pages long, put out by BP. I'll actually be reading about 30 pages, so everybody get comfortable. I'm kidding. Um, BP does this, Taylor, once a year, I guess? Yeah, it's uh, out to 2035, so a decent amount, of, I guess, what, 18 years worth of an outlook. Yeah, good stuff. They add some stuff about beyond 2035, but the bulk of it is the next It's all speculative, years. but that stuff is particularly speculative. Right, 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 yes. <laughs> Um, they basically project out where they see the energy industry going over the next 20, 25 years. That's not just oil. They talk about electricity in there, wind, solar, all kinds Natural of good gas, stuff. Coal, Natural gas, coal, renewables, yeah. yeah, the works. Um, before we get into that report, though, um, we've got to talk about the increasing oil production in the Permian Basin, mostly because it's a day that's ending in Y. So, uh, I guess things are getting a little crowded down there, Taylor? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the Permian, obviously, quite a bit, and um, Barclays, came out recently and said that they think it's the only basin in the U.S. that's going to increase production this year. I'm surprised that, because everybody's talking about how, oh, OPEC cuts, so U.S. Yeah. shale's going to come back and everything. I, I thought there would be a little bit more, like up there in Marcel. Like, I'm surprised. Yeah, you look at about 30% increase in the rigs in the, in the Permian. So you'll see rigs being increased on other sites as well, like the Bakken and the Eagle Ford, but they're not so sure that the overall production is going to increase anywhere else other than the Permian. Interesting. What yeah. um, does. I'm an investor. Give me a 10 second takeaway that I can use with this thing. Well, I mean, it's the hottest play. I mean, if you listen to all the news, you've got ExxonMobil spending a, a couple billion dollars there. I think it was a, six and a half. Okay, I mean, so it was yeah. a lot of. <laughs> and they bought, I think it was like 250 somewhere, thousand somewhere around there, acre, acres in the Permian. Yeah, and they bought that from the Bass family, I yeah. think. It was, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure about the six. Point five billion. Yeah, uh, yeah, it sounds it right. Because both of our jaws dropped. Yeah, right. Like, uh, so, anyway. anyway, the family's doing all. The Bass family is doing all right. They are okay. Um, and then you've got Noble Energy also bought some pretty significant acreage in the Permian. So these aren't small players. Exxon, obviously the biggest publicly traded energy company in the world. Um, although Saudi Aramco once once that title maybe in the next couple of years. But um, they're because they're going to be producing more and because we lifted the oil export ban, for those of you that might not know that, back in late 2015, um, there's some takeaway and storage capacity issues. So maybe if you want to play the Permian Basin, producers aren't the only way. You've got some midstream companies grappling to try and build pipelines and that article, storage tanks. That article order, you sent me mentioned Magellan, I Yeah, think. Magellan, and then you've got uh, Enterprise Products Partners as well. Um, they're just lacking in the storage and transportation area uh, because a lot of this oil is going to get exported. At least that's what they believe. Yeah. So you've got uh, some companies that need to build out 
capacity and that that could lead to uh, greater revenues and maybe a higher dividend for some of these companies. Cool. So, uh, BP's energy report. Um, As I said, this is a doozy. Um, Control F was my friend (laughs) when I I went through this. Um, A few basic assumptions that BP makes in its uh, projections uh, that I wanted to share with our listeners include, they think global GDP will almost double by the year 2035, driven by fast-growing emerging economies. also, and this will also lift two billion people out of uh, poverty. They think population will have a smaller impact on, yeah. on GDP. Yeah, we're, we're all going to get more productive, more and, more efficient, more productive. Yeah, I wonder if that has anything to do with robots. You think? And automation. I just watched Ex Machina. Do not talk to me about robots oh, right okay, now. Okay, well, fine. Did you see that? No, I haven't. But if it means that they're evil, Elon Musk is on it's, the task of making sure AI does not become. It's it's not about good or evil. No, they are not. they are amoral. It's ah. just our humans getting in the way of efficiency. Yes, dun, maybe. Done. Done. <laughs> um, anyway, back to energy. Um, uh, increasing productivity is actually going to be the cause of about three fourths of the total GDP growth. Yep. Um, Prosperity naturally leads to global energy demand increases. Um, this might get balanced out, they think, by uh, rapid gains in energy efficiency. And again, this is—they're doing the best that they can. But sure. you never know when an innovation is going to pop up. Twenty thirty-five. This is what we're talking about here. Um, demand increasing only by about thirty percent, they think. Um, the fuel mix continues to adjust, although oil and gas, together with coal, remain the dominant sources of energy. I'm actually super interested to get your thoughts on that here in a few minutes. Yeah, sure. Um, renewables with nuclear and hydroelectric power provide half of the additional energy required all the way out to 2035, so largest growth increase mm-hmm. there. Um, LNG is going to be a big deal. Oil demand is growing through the outlook. Um, I was actually, oh boy, we're going to say that till the end because that's one of my favorite statistics is okay. when they think oil is going to be. Cliffhanger, peak. yeah. Um, stay tuned, folks. Um, and increasing penetration of electric cars in the broader uh, mobility revolution will have an important bearing on future oil demand. That is, uh, the, they practically admit that it's just like we don't know what's going right. to happen. Yeah. Like it's like, it's crapshoot. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what were your favorite things on the report? What uh, would you learn? Uh, well, I think I think that the LNG demand really kind of sunk in for me uh, because Europe is going to be. Losing production of natural gas and, and already super dependent on right, Russia. Yeah, so. exactly. So they're going to try and uh, rely more on LNG exports rather than pipeline or um, LNG imports rather than pipeline imports of natural gas, um, and that, and that could be huge for America because we've seen a handful of companies pour a lot of money into LNG exportation facilities with uh, one of them online now, two trains. Who owns that? Chenier Energy. Chenier. Um, okay. So that's down in Sabine in their Sabine Pass facility, and they've got also um, their Corpus Christi plant that's been approved. Construction has started on that. Ironically enough, Chenier, uh, Chenier, yeah, okay, yeah. gosh, you, Chenier Energy ticker yeah. LNG. I was about to say the funny thing about them is their tickers LNG. Yeah, like <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, see what they did there. And their former CEO and founder uh, Sharif Suki. Um, Named his daughter he, natural gas. It was not. that's funny. I did not know that. Probably the first of its kind. I mean, when you've got celebrities naming their kids random Apple things, might as stuff. well name Why it not? LNG. Um, but he started his own uh, new company after he got s- sort of ousted from really? the CEO um, of his the company that he founded. So uh, he, it just went public. I think this week or last week. Well, I'm getting my weeks mixed up since this is pre-recorded, but sometime in 2017. He has he had a new uh, company go public 
that's trying to export LNG as well. So like same guy, one. same idea, just different company. But um, Dominion has a Cove Point facility going coming out of Maryland, uh, supposedly online in the back half of 2017. All told, uh, you're looking at maybe around 15 uh, billion cubic feet per day of LNG import demand from Europe. And in the U.S., we have about 10.5 billion cubic feet per day of approved facilities that are under construction. Wow. So, yeah. we're, so that US 15, that 15 number for Europe, is that in 2035 or is that right That's now? That's in 2035. It's Got growing it. to that number okay. um, in 2035. But it, it they already rely somewhat on imports, but that is a, a growing need for them. And it looks like the U.S. is pretty well set up to supply that uh, demand. Uh, I, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yay, America. So there's a few companies out there. Yeah, you've got Cameron and... Uh, Dominion and Chenier, um, and then the pipeline and storage companies that are providing these companies. I think Kinder Morgan is providing some natural gas via pipeline to Chenier's export facilities. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. What? Um, so there seem to be in the report lots of uncertainty regarding energy efficiency in the coming decades. Um, they simply don't know what will happen. Um, there's countless machines and buildings that need to be replaced, and we might have a new technology to replace the old buildings. So all of a sudden, it doesn't leak heat. Three D printing buildings with solar windows. <laughs> hey, this is 18 years we're talking about. It is true. Gosh, what they three D printed pizza a couple years ago. They can probably three D print a house. In a few years. Because 18 years ago would have been 1999. What were you doing in 1999? Um, I was not even 21 yet, so. You're being responsible. I was being probably about. very irresponsible as a child. Ah, got it. I think uh, I would have been 14, so yeah, I was getting into some trouble, I'm sure. Yeah. Spending a lot of time outside. Um, what, uh, what was the most surprising thing you saw in this report? Uh, that um, possibly that non Middle East OPEC production and supply is gonna gonna decrease over this time period because they're talking about Venezuela, um, Nigeria, yeah, the the higher cost producers of OPEC, right? Yeah, so I, I could see that uh, causing causing a geopolitical rift down the down the line. So it's not gonna they're not gonna give that up easily. We can we. Talk about okay, so I'm going to spoil the whole yeah. oil okay, demand fine. thing. Um, they think that oil demand is going to continue to grow until the mid 2040s. Yeah, one that is extraordinarily surprising to me. Two, I mean, you're talking based upon their charts, like well over a hundred million barrels per day. Yeah, that the world's going to want by then. Um, where. Well, say, I would think we would need Nigeria's oil to get there, is what I'm saying. Well, you see Brazil, the deep water there is expected to finally come online. That's and like, been a story for two Yeah, well, that's been, yeah, I mean, as long as I've been covering energy, Brazil is supposed to be producing deep Somehow water they'll oil. lose all of it due to corruption charges. But the, it, in, in relation to other offshore oil, it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be a, a point that we turn to. And, uh, Venezuela relies very heavily on offshore oil production, so I mean it could just be too expensive for them. I just I was really surprised by that because you got you know the electric car bulls and all that. Well, stuff. Well, yeah. So uh, transportation t- takes a back seat to non-combustible uh, s- demand sources. So right. they, basically, the petrochemical industry um, is going to take over 
the mantle of demand from transportation. So, and that of course just means that there's going to be uh, one and a half billion more people. We're going to get slightly slightly richer, and everybody likes plastic stuff. Not just plastic, rubber, plastic. I mean, clothes. I mean, people probably don't Not realize on. how much oil they're wearing. Right. Yeah. Are you wearing oil right now? I'm sure. I don't Actually, know what yeah, it is, but it, the soles of my yeah. shoes are probably. But I mean, you've got like recyclable materials going into shoes now, but. That's that's a small small fraction of global yeah. apparel and home goods and car parts, you name it. The um, yeah, so just to be, uh, I'm looking at their chart. It's page 88 of the report. Um, 2035, they think about 105 million barrels per day. Okay, being demanded. So they, I, what are we at? 96. Uh, yeah, I think I saw some. So that's that, not like, a crazy the US jump. Might jump yeah. up to about 15 million barrels per day of that at, at some point, and then the, the tail end of this looks like our share kind of starts to decline. Um, what, what did you think of that? Because there, I've also seen these reports that talk about how you know everybody's talking about the shale boom in the United yeah. States and da 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 da. Um, and I, I saw that shale production in the U.S. might peak out in like 2020, and I was like, well, what's going on there? Yeah, um, the U.S. share in the first half of the outlook grows, but then it gradually declines. But if you look at natural gas from shale oh. in the U.S., that's going to grow by double, probably, is what they say. We got lots of gas. Yeah, and then that feeds into the LNG discussion that we had at the top of this segment. Very we have nice. the gas to liquefy to export. Europe just so happens to be um, a very close trading partner with us, directly across the Atlantic Ocean. And so far, the export facilities that we have online are soon to come online, are in the Gulf Coast and the Eastern Seaboard. So, boom, easy access to Europe. Good to go. Um, so, oil demand uncertainty. Oh, the other cool thing that I thought, yeah, what's was interesting was um, Africa is going to be uh, it was half the increase in global population, mm-hmm. but ten percent. Of the GDP increase, yeah. the effect, um, and they think that that I mean, they actually said in the report that if they were to just meet um, India, what India's done in the last ten years in terms of productivity and GDP growth per capita and everything, um, it could get very interesting in Africa. Yeah, well, I don't, I didn't end up getting to it, but I think in like the '90s, page wise, they talked about Africa beyond 2035, and uh, that's when. The demand is really going to start to kick in. They think for energy mm-hmm. in Africa because they, a lot of people there don't have access to convenient or reliable energy sources. And I have yet. to assume, given what's just going on in solar today. Yeah, well, the, like small regional solar uh, utility-sized plants are going up in Africa um, more so than I think in other parts of the world because mm-hmm. you don't have the continent-wide distribution networks, so you need these localized power supplies, mm-hmm. and solar is able to provide that for a decent part of that continent. It's not yet, but the solar availability for Africa is pretty high in comparison to like northern Russia or Canada or right. anything like that. Yeah, the, su- the, the sun shines there. Yes, it does. Um, so, I kind of I stepped away from this kind of optimistic about the future. Would me too. I mean, you, you look at dirty fossil fuels being replaced by cleaner fossil fuels or renewables. You look at renewable energy sources supposed to quadruple by 2035. Um, so, you're looking at renewables, nuclear and hydro, 50% of the increase 
by 2035. Um, as a sh overall share of energy production, oil and coal decline. Demand rises slightly for both, but renewables and natural gas catch up and take over some of the sh market share. They're still not going to be the leaders, but natural gas does surpass coal, I think, in the last few years of the projection. It's already surpassed coal here in the United States very recently, but globally, it's supposed to surpass coal in terms of energy market share in the latter half, maybe 2025, 2030. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, before we head out here, what were your uh, investment takeaways? So we talked about the, you, LNG, you, you, the LNG thing. Um, renew, renew. I want to go buy some nat gas shares now. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I don't know about if you want to buy the commodity of natural gas. Um, Pioneer. Well, I meant the company. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, you've shares. got you've, yeah. you've got uh, the the transport companies and the exporters. Uh, we mentioned quite a few of them on here. The show. Um, do you ever look at those um, the guys that own the ships that like that Golar LNG? You ever do that? Not closely enough okay. to really talk about it intelligently, but. Um, uh, another takeaway that I we haven't mentioned, but I'll, I'll let people go ahead and look at on their own is um, be because the U.S. is supposedly going to reduce its reliance on finished products, finished petroleum products, refineries in the U.S. You could see a lot of them being closed over the next eighteen to twenty years. That would be uh, funny. I don't know if it'd be funny, but it, it, it would be there. It, it would be a drastic change. Um, well, good. So, uh, anything to say to your future self in 2035? I'll be 49. That's going to be interesting. Wear less oil. Wear less oil. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing. That's that's what I'll tell myself. My shoes have rubber soles. So yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What are you telling your future self? Um, Not just your next week self when you're actually hearing this on oh, iTunes, man. but you know, 2035 self. Uh, future Sean, do not get into the car with a flux capacitor okay. installed. Dire consequences will happen. <laughs> Might get rich. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for us, folks. Be sure and tune in tomorrow for the technology show. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear on this program. For Taylor Markham and I am Sean Riley. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! <laughs>